All right, so there's, there's something um, that, that's on my mind uh, as I read this, this gospel passage, and then also with, with the first reading, uh, and, and the second reading, actually, if that is great. So uh, this, this question, right, of, of Jesus is praying, and then one of his disciples comes and, and says to him, presumably, right, we can presume that this one disciple is kind of speaking on behalf of, of the rest, right, because he says this. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And I think, I think there's something to this question of, like, just to think about, think about this. Why do you think this, this disciple would make this request of Jesus? Like, what, what leads a person to asking or to making that request? Teach me, teach me to pray. Teach us to pray. So there's a couple, there's a really practical aspect, but then there's something, I think, uh, deeper, a little bit deeper. So we'll, we'll start practical, because it's, it's easy to start there. So, so to be a disciple, and I'm, you're going to hear me say this a bunch of times, uh, to be a disciple, ultimately boiled down, is to be a learner. If I am a disciple of somebody, whether it's of Jesus or somebody else, right, if it's if, if similar to being like an apprentice, right, it's I am learning from this person for the one purpose of imitating him or her. So if I am a disciple of Jesus, I am learning from him for the one purpose of imitating him. So think about, think about your life with Jesus, your life as a Christian. Do, is that how you approach it? Right? And, and I understand that, that maybe, maybe a lot of us haven't really been taught this before, uh, that, that if I am to follow Jesus, if I want to be his disciple, then that actually, it, the, the basic foundational disposition I have in, in that disciple relationship is one of learning. This is why many times in the, in the Gospels, you hear Jesus or you'll read him being referred to as teacher. That's because as a disciple, I, I come to him and I, I see him and I want to imitate everything about his way of life as much as I possibly can. So that eventually, as his disciple, my life begins to look almost identical to his life. So that when people see me and interact with me, they say, gosh, there's something about you, about the way that you live, about the way that you think, about the way that you speak. There's something about you that reminds me of Jesus. That's what it is to be a disciple. So this, that, that's the very practical reason why, this, why these disciples would come up and, and request Jesus teach us to pray, right? Because it's like, we're, we're here to learn from you. We're, we're, because we want to be just like you. And, and so if... If you're praying, Jesus, then we also need to pray. But not just, it's not just that we need to pray, but we, we need to pray like you because you are our teacher. You're our master. So that's, that's a really practical thing. So I think, I think maybe, maybe if you've never heard something like this before, to begin to try to incorporate this into your life as a Christian, as a Catholic Christian, to approach your life as one who says, I'm here to learn from Jesus. And so I want to, as I read the Gospels, if, if you're not reading the Gospels, brothers and sisters, get in them, get in them. As you're reading the Gospels, to just 
bring that prayerfully into your, your, your reading of it. It's just, Jesus, help me to see life as you see it. Jesus, help me to think like you think. Help me to understand everything that you do so that I can begin to do the same things. So that I can imitate you as one of your disciples. So that's, that's the really practical thing. Now, I think there's, there's something more here. Uh, and it, it's not entirely disconnected from the practical thing, right? It's because to be a disciple of someone is to acknowledge something greater in the other person, right? And, and this is, this is the, the great mystery, right? Is, is that as we, as disciples of Jesus, it's not just that we're acknowledging that he's a better human being than us. We're not, we're not here because, because Jesus is just this, this awesome person. In the same way that, you know, if I, if I was a basketball player and I wanted to be a disciple of LeBron James, right? It's, it's like I, I go to learn from him because he's just a superior basketball player in every way. But for Jesus, it's not just that he's a superior human being. It's, it's that he's, he's infinitely more than that, you know, like... Of course, he has a human nature, and so he has a human body, and he comes to us in human form. But, but we know, we know this, or, or at least we profess to believe this, that as Catholic Christians, we believe that he's not just human, but that he's also divine, that he is God who has come to us. And so God coming to us, there's something, there's something that we have to see beneath the surface. You know, like the, the, this sort of... <laughs> It's God who has come. You know, it's, it's God. And, and, and he's come down all the way from heaven in his infinite glory, his infinite, you know, he's so, he's so much greater than us. And he comes down to us for the purpose of communicating to us, with us. You know, he, he comes to us because for some reason, in our smallness, he wants to share something with us. And not just something, but he actually wants to share everything. Like this is, this is the incredible thing is, is that God in his infinite majesty, in his infinite glory, he is, he's so far beyond us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And yet he comes down so that he can share those ways and those thoughts with us. And so when we see Jesus, as much as there's this practical aspect of, I just want to make my way of life like his, there's also this, this deeper aspect of, of mystery. You know, of, of when, when we look at Jesus, to just be sort of stuck in this, this place of mystery of, of who is this before me? That, and, and, and it's not just who is this before me, but... But somehow it's, it's also, who am I? Who are you that, that he comes to us and actually wants us to share life with him? It's, it's this incredible thing. And so you just sort of imagine, you, you know, you, to try to enter into the scene and just imagine these, these disciples, these followers, recognizing the incredible privilege that they have of being called to follow, not just some incredible rabbi, not, not just some other person, but they're actually being called to follow the God-man, Jesus. 
It's amazing. You know, and so there's this aspect of, of like, as I, every time I come to talk to Jesus, I have to be aware of that. That it's not just that he's coming to reveal another opinion among a bunch of opinions, but that he's coming and when he speaks, it is God who is speaking. And this is just so incredible. You know, I was thinking about this in a, in a similar kind of way with our first reading with, with Abraham. Um, you know, the, the Lord comes and Abraham probably doesn't, he probably doesn't know that it's, it's the Lord God who is, who's come to him to speak to him. Uh, but nonetheless, he, he knows this, this person has come with God's divine judgment, you know, and so he's sort of wrestling with God's divine judgment, you know, this, this sort of bartering of, of okay, what if, what if there's just 50 people, you know, but how about like five less than that, you know, like, you know, for five people, for how, but how about even, you know, so it's just like he's sort of trying to wrestle with like where, where does God's justice meet with God's mercy and how, like, how do those work together? And so there's, there's this, this beautiful thing that he's able to communicate with God. You know, he's able to talk and have this conversation and, and sort of wrestle with, with what God's will is and how God's will works itself out in our lives. And it's this beautiful thing. But at the same time, what, what also can catch our attention is, is this sense of, of Abraham recognizing that, that the person he's talking to is far greater than him. And so what does he say? He says, right, see how I am presuming to speak to my Lord. Though I am but dust and ashes, you know, and then he, and then he says, let not my grow, Lord grow impatient if I go on. And then since I have thus dared to speak to my Lord, please let not my Lord grow angry if I speak this last time. And so you see, there's, there's this, I think a healthy balance between, between familiarity, you know, this, 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 like I can ask any question that I want to ask, but at the same time on the other side, as I ask those questions, I have to be aware that I'm in the presence of, of God. And so even, even as I wrestle and ask the questions that I might not understand the answers to, or I might not understand even what I'm asking, at the same time, I'm, I'm able to sort of surrender and say, okay, but, but this is God, and so I need, to, I need to kind of approach with a sense of humility. You know, and this, this I think, is something that we, we, on both ends, maybe need to be a bit careful of, but I think there's, there's one aspect that we need to be especially careful of. But, but nonetheless, on, on the one end, I think we can, when we, when we think about Jesus as God, or when we think about God the Father, and all of his glory and all of his majesty, there can be a, a temptation for us to just sort of say, well, you know, it's, it's all beyond me, and so I'm not, I'm not even going to bother. You know, I'll just sort of, I'll just sort of keep God as this, this, this being that's so far beyond me and isn't really connected to my life. And, and, you know, like I'll come and I'll pay my worship and do what I'm supposed to do, but, but I'm not going to have any real kind of relationship with him because he's just so far beyond me. That's, that's one, one end of the spectrum that's, that's really not healthy. We, we know this, that, that God comes to reveal himself and to communicate himself to us and with us. He comes so that we can actually have a stronger relationship with him. And so if I have this mentality that, you know, God is just too far beyond me, and so I'm not even going to bother trying to engage in any kind of relationship with him, then I'm actually missing out on, on one of the main things that Jesus has come to do for us, which is to, to be an, a, a visible image of the Father. We heard about this in our, our second reading, either last week or the weekend before. 
that Jesus, he comes to make God more present to us so that we can engage in a relationship with him. So that's, that's really important. But then on the other end of the spectrum, and I think this is more, this is more of the, the end of the spectrum that we in the 21st century tend to sort of live in, is that sometimes I can, I can act a little bit over-familiar with Jesus. In other words, I can, I can forget that he's God. You know, like I can forget that, that he being God is far superior to me in every possible way. And so sometimes... I can approach that relationship that I'm meant to have with him with a sense of pride, lacking humility. You know, and, and you hear people talk about this all the time, you know, like, well, God doesn't mind if I do this. God doesn't mind if I, if I do this. He doesn't mind if I miss mass this weekend, or he doesn't, he doesn't mind if I, if I watch this TV show or this thing online, or he doesn't mind if I, if I don't consult him before voting. He doesn't, he doesn't mind if I, you know, if, if, I, if I don't really include him in my daily life, right? This sort of over-familiarity, and it's like, well, how do you know that? Well, I just, I, I really feel that, you know? It's like, no, well, actually, like, can you find it in the scriptures anywhere? Can you find it in the doctrines of the church anywhere, right? That, that there's this aspect of, yes, we're supposed to have a relationship with him, but at the same time, in that relationship, we are meant to approach him with this humility that his disciples approach, the humility that Abraham has, which is to say, I'm coming before God himself, and it's such a privilege. It's such a privilege that he's come to me. It's such a privilege and a gift that, that he actually allows me to approach him. And so, yes, I'm, I'm able to engage in this, this relationship, but I want to approach with reverence and awe. You know, when, when I come to Mass, I don't ever want it to be a casual thing because when I come to Mass, I'm coming to offer my worship to Almighty God. And, and then, what's more, I'm coming to receive my God into me. And that's something that I don't ever want to be too casual. And... I come to pray on a regular basis, and I know that I need to because Jesus teaches me, right? I, I know this. But when I pray, I don't ever want it to be something that's too casual. And this is something that I, I know, like, for myself, I can get stuck in this. There, there are many times when, when I'm, I'm here at Mass, and I can let my mind be distracted, and I recognize that I'm distracted, you know, because distractions come for everybody, and I don't. I don't try to bring my mind back to the incredible mystery. Or sometimes I'll go to pray as, as I ought to and I know that I'm supposed to and I pray, but then I can let my mind be distracted and I can grab my phone and just sort of check to see if I've missed anything. You know, it's like there's this aspect, right? It's, I'm engaging in a relationship with God, but sometimes it just becomes a little too casual. And this is something that, you know, I share these examples about my, my life because if I share examples about your life, you get offended, right? Uh, so, so, but I know that this is a universal human thing, right? Because I hear it in the confessional, people talk about distractions in prayer. I know this is a universal thing because I have family members that I look at their lack of relationship with God because they're too casual about it, right? And, and again, like maybe you're different. Maybe you individually are different. Maybe you're saints living among us. And if that's the case, praise the Lord for that. Pray for the rest of us who are trying to figure this out. But I think, I think for us, to, to try to wrestle with this balance of how do I come before Almighty God and engage in a, re, a real 
lived relationship with him where he is a part of every aspect of my life and I come before him ready to learn to be taught by him so that he can teach me how to think so that he can teach me how to approach life so that he can teach me how to live my life and as I do that I come really careful that I don't become too casual in that I always strive to come into this lived relationship with Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, my friend, my brother, but not one that is without reverence and awe and respect for him, ready to surrender and submit to him so that when I come and I say, Jesus, teach me, and then he actually teaches me something, I'm ready to submit and say, okay, Jesus, this is how you teach me to pray? I'm gonna to strive to pray that way. Jesus, this is how you teach me to look at others. I'm gonna to strive to look at others in that way. Jesus, this is how you teach me to speak and act and live my life. I'm gonna to strive to speak and act and live my life in that way so that I can be a true disciple of his. And as I continue to live and grow, my life can become more and more like Jesus who is God. That is to say, my life can become more and more like God. What an incredible gift.